it feels like forward movement when I'm doing things that are for my for myself and that feels that feels really exciting and it's also like at the same time I have so much more time and freedom now that I need to create that structure for myself and I'm really excited to do that but I'm being gentle and slow with myself about how to do that You're listening to Chats with Kat, where I catch up with my fellow millennials every week to share their journey of self-actualization, overcoming fear, and paving the way for a soul's purpose to shine through. Let's start that right here, right now. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Chats with Kat. I want to wish you all a very, very, very happy October. We've officially got about 12 weeks to either start or finish any projects. So if you need to put some pep in your step, take this as a wake-up call. You can absolutely get it done. Whatever it is, you have time. Just set your mind to it. I'm actually starting a 10-week accountability program today. So I'm really excited to get some help in tackling some of my personal business things because there's a lot of there are a lot of things that I just haven't really done because I've been afraid to handle it on my own. So now that I have somebody helping me and keeping me on track, I'm certain that it'll get done. I'm also coming off the heels of an epic weekend with none other than my grandma. (laughs) She stayed at my place in Brooklyn all weekend and we had some much needed bonding time. Um, We went out to dinner, we got our nails done, we watched movies and we just, you know, talked a a lot about life and our weekend actually really got me thinking about how important it is to strike a balance with carving time out for those we love most. And personally, I know I'm culpable of shutting people out when I get in the zone, especially people who I don't think understand what I'm up to or where I'm at mentally. But I realized that even for those who don't really get us fully, we have to show compassion and just show them love for who they are and what they mean to us and the kind of joy that they provide in our lives and my grandma and I did not talk about work or anything that I'm doing but that's okay we talked about everything else and that holds a lot of value too you know and obviously most importantly we showed each other love and speaking of showing love I want to give a shout out to Bryn Bauman who left a review on the Apple Podcasts app that says Kat, I found your podcast early this week and I've been listening daily your conversations are inspiring uplifting and most importantly real As a 24-year-old navigating the world, I relate on so many levels. Thanks for showing up and making me feel like I'm sitting at the table with you. Bryn, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This warms my heart so much. I started this podcast last year hoping that it might have an impact on somebody's life and to know that it is is actually helping you and helping others. It's just, it makes me feel really, really happy and gives me a lot of joy. So thank you. Let's jump into introducing this week's guest, who is none other than Katie Dale Bout. Through her writing and podcast, Let It Out, Katie curates inspired wisdom that guides people to go deep and sift through the thoughts clouding their minds. She's the author of Let It Out, A Journey Through Journaling, and a contributor to Refinery29, Mind Body Green, and her work has been featured in Teen Vogue, Yahoo Health, and The Daily Mail. She helps people develop a positive image of their bodies by embracing their creativity and personality outside of their physicality. She's on a mission to share journaling tools that invoke deeper authenticity and self-awareness. 
In our chat, we dove into aspects of entrepreneurship, journaling, balancing our full-time jobs with our passion projects, and lots more. As always, if there's anything mentioned in this episode that you think can help somebody that you love, please, please, please share the goodness. Without any further delay, here is my chat with Katie. Hi, Katie. Thank you so much for joining me on my Hi, podcast. Hi, Cass. I'm so honored to be here. I'm so, so excited. This I was just so excited to hang out. I know. Me too. We've been yeah. saying that we wanted to hang out. It's yes. like you're busy doing great, great things, which we're going to talk li- about. Likewise. Thank you. Um, I was so bummed I missed the Goddess Council last week. What was it? It was good. I mean, there's going to be so many more. I want to talk to you about that too at some point because it's just, yeah, I think you'll have some insight into some of the things that yeah. are going on on this side that you have either already experienced or are currently experiencing so before we get into that uh so katie had me on her podcast yeah get comfy i'm gonna unbutton my pants are you fine with that yes oh yeah get comfortable is everyone listening let it out let it out I have a very high-waisted pant that he <laughs> wants to be let out. Yes, yes. Oh, so Katie had me on her podcast um, how many weeks ago? I mean, like, the podcast summer. came out. It yeah, was summer. a very hot day. Yeah, it was a hot day. It came out, July, like, it must have been. maybe a month and a half yeah. ago, like, two months yeah. ago. And we had a really good time doing that. And mm-hmm. I was just like, hey, I need to have you on mine because, mm-hmm. hello, people obviously need to know you on my end, too. <laughs> um, so... Katie, you moved to New York City. You were you were a transplant, just like me. Yes. So where did you grow up? Around the same time, too. Yeah. I grew up in a small town in Michigan, mm-hmm. and I also went to college there. It's a small college town, mm-hmm. so I didn't go away to school. And being in New York was felt like a lot of the things that I think people experience when they first move away when they're a lot younger in college I experienced moving here Mm -hmm. and and then on top of that all of the you know moving to New York and and being an adult in the world I I think I kind of experienced a bit later yeah and yeah and I I wasn't living I didn't live at home when I was in college Mm -hmm. I lived in the dorms but it was still the same place I grew up in and and then I moved to the Detroit area and I was living there before I moved here. And so I was, again, it was kind of like a stepping stone. It wasn't where I grew up, but yeah, it, it was, I'm not really a high risk person. So I wanted to be here forever, but it took Mm -hmm. me a long time. Mm -hmm. And what did you major in in college? Journalism. Ah, journalism. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I wanted to be a TV news reporter. So I studied broadcast. It was Mm. like a broadcast track. And I didn't end up doing that Mm -hmm. ever, but all of the prereqs for broadcast were radio classes. So we were listening to a lot of NPR and I, that's how I got into Terry Gross and that's how I got into interviewing and audio. And I just really loved that, Mm. but podcasting didn't exist then or if it did, I didn't know about it. Yeah. And and it's funny that I, so I do kind of do a version of, of that now. Yeah, that's, that's interesting because you started podcasting pretty early on compared to 2013. everybody. Yeah, like that, like nobody really knew about podcasting. Pre-serial, I always say. Yes, yeah. seriously, pre-serial, yeah. pre-Tim Ferriss and like all yeah. these major people that are like, you know, out there now. So 
I, I was always curious to know, like, how did you even know what podcasting was? So I guess that makes a lot of sense. Maybe you found out about it in school. Yeah, well, I, well, I didn't find out about it in school. Just We were listening to NPR, like mm. radio. Mm. But then I moved, so I moved to outside of Detroit in this place where I had no friends. I lived alone in this apartment, and I got my full-time job, and I was working remotely mm-hmm. for my full-time job, which we can talk about. I yeah. worked in marketing, and... I literally knew no one and it was kind of like a family area like mm-hmm. it was like I didn't know I wanted to be in Detroit but I didn't really know like where to even go yeah. and so I asked my my then boss who was the only other person I knew like in the area because it was far enough from where I grew up Detroit that I didn't know like you know in New York you know the cool neighborhoods to move to and you yeah. know the thing and that and if you have friends but I didn't know anybody there so I was just like where do you live? And she was like, well, I live here, but you know, I'm about six years older than you and I have a family and like, mm-hmm. you're not going to want to be here. But I was like, okay, I'll just go there. <laughs> like, I just didn't like, and I, it was very quick. I didn't have time. So I lived in this apartment by myself. I was working by myself and honestly, it was just really lonely. So yeah. I was listening to a lot of NPR in the car when I was driving mm-hmm. and I wanted something when I was in the apartment and I didn't have a TV and I was by myself. And so I somehow just turned on, I somehow found the podcast app, I on guess. On your iPhone? Yeah. Crazy. And this is 2012, or early 2013, 2012. And so I started listening to Fresh Air, uh-huh. and I started listening to, there's, this is, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say maybe in person, there was something called Morning Coach. Have you ever heard of no! this? No! <laughs> I don't even know if it still exists, but it was like a very self-helpy, like, kind of tim ferris-esque at the time uh-huh. podcast and what else was i listening to back then yeah like yeah, what was of, even out a lot of a lot of npr stuff um this american life but that that was kind of it and i would find i would i would whenever i found a book that i loved and it was very very steep in self-help then so like really anyone spiritual self-help i would just basically google in the podcast app like Mm -hmm. use it as a search engine and type in their name and i'd listen to their interviews on other people's podcasts Mm -hmm. and so that got me into other people if i liked the interviewer i would stay and kind of do their their archive yeah but there wasn't really much and a lot of it was like episodes that had been recorded for something else that they people didn't even really know how to use the platform then it was like something that was like a call-in show for like blog talk radio or something that like had yeah. been repurposed there and so but that was kind of my window in and then I was there was a lot of like online summits back then in the space where people were like interviewing other people and then you had to like buy the set on like a CD it was very yeah. bizarre especially in like the self-help space and so I got very into like listening to other people be interviewed and then eventually I was like maybe I could do that because I just wanted to talk to other people right so then I mean at what point were you just like I maybe I could do that and I'm gonna do that well I had a blog at the time called the wellness wonderland Mm -hmm. which I started in college because I had like this dream job dream college job where I could basically get paid to be on my computer all the time (laughs) in between my classes it was so convenient I rented out the camera equipment and recording equipment to students in the journalism school and so in the meantime I got to just like be on my computer essentially Mm -hmm. And I was reading a lot of blogs. I loved reading fashion blogs and wellness blogs. I was very, very into wellness at the time. And so I was reading a lot of blogs and talking about these things all the time. And my boyfriend then in college was kind of sick of me talking about it. And it was kind of like, 
he was a web designer and so he was like I'll build you a website you should have a blog and I was like you know I'm so grateful for that yeah and so I had this blog and then when I left college I wanted I was teaching yoga and I just wanted to keep blogging and teaching yoga and I needed to support myself and so my my mom was like you need to get a job with the benefits in a 401k and if you don't want to live at home and so I got the quickest job I could which is the one that made me move out of my where I grew up which was exciting Mm -hmm. and support myself which was also exciting and I still did the blog on the side and that's when I started listening to these pod pseudo podcasts and then same boyfriend I was kind of like maybe I could do that but the technology really really overwhelmed me yeah and so again same thing he was like I'll help you figure that out just worry about the interviews and who you want to do and the creative part of it which again I'm so happy that like we have these people in our lives that like if that hadn't happened I don't think I would have started either of these things yeah and so that was really helpful and I and I just started doing it and I remember doing the very first interview it was someone I knew well a mentor of mine and after we hung up she emailed me I felt really good after we hung up and journalism honestly helped me feel at least comfortable like cold emailing people and all the interviews I had to do of like covering local news and college and so that definitely it's just something I'm not nervous about doing and then when she emailed me after and she was like that was fun you should keep doing that that was kind of a moment where I was like you know someone has to do like an English teacher a, a teacher a mentor someone in your life like gives you a compliment that someone you respect, it can kind of change everything for you. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, her saying that was kind of like, oh, I want to keep doing this. I want to, I want to make a thing of this. And then I just, I'm someone who tends to be really, really disciplined. So I just said it was going to come out every Wednesday and it's come out every Wednesday since then. Oh my God. Yeah. That's crazy. So, I mean, at that point, how are you reaching out to people if most people didn't know that podcasting was even a thing like hey i'm gonna start this new show on this platform that you have probably never heard of totally i think the word podcast was kind of like in the the end like in the dialogue sort of i mean nothing like it is now but i think it kind of i kind of used it to my advantage back then because it was kind of like oh she's on a pod she has an itunes feed like yeah, like yeah something yeah. that like was kind of cool that yeah. like you're on itunes oh my god like and little do they know anybody can be on itunes like it's not hard yeah, yeah. but I think at the time i would i would i remember i'd always and i still do i would put in the subject line thank you plus podcast opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I think, granted, I sent out a lot of emails, so I got a lot of, I got a lot of no responses mm-hmm. and I got a lot of no's, but I got a couple of yeses and nobody saw the no's and, right. and no responses. They right. just saw the yeses. And I'm still shocked at like, you know, some of the people I got very early on, like Latham Thomas and Gabby Bernstein and like these like, people who were, you know, my really like I was so in the self-help and personal growth world then that they were like who I really wanted to get on the podcast and they just were very kind to me I think they looked at me and they they could tell that I humbly was at was genuinely into their work like I had actually read their books and Mm -hmm. I actually consumed their content so I think they were more apt to talk to me because they knew I wasn't going to you know, I, I had nothing I wanted from them, really. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't even care if they shared it. It was great when people shared it. And, and so many people I've had on my podcast have not shared it after. Um, and that's fine. It's a bummer, yeah. you know, but it's but it's fine. And, and I, but I'm really grateful for those people early on that 
that did and then it, and then the more people just doing it keep I kept doing it so it gave me some credibility of like right. oh it, this has an archive and this right. has, these people said yes I, I know that person I'll also say yes right so I think in the very beginning a lot of times with podcasting people are just like yeah I mean but like how do I build this not even the technical things but even just like starting from zero mm -hmm. and having to prove yourself over yeah. time you know and I think a lot of times people are just like no like nobody's gonna understand or yeah like, nobody's gonna take me serious because I just started or even like at the, at the very beginning our prod our podcasts are not as good as they totally. eventually become you know yeah. so how do you suggest that people break through that wall of just like being super hard on themselves and not even trying because yeah. of that yeah, I mean, I cringe at my early episodes, <laughs> but at the time I thought they were kind of great, yeah, you know, it's yeah. like, and I'm, and I'm me, I'm probably delusional, but it's funny because like I was saying with the first guest I had on the podcast, giving me that compliment and my boyfriend helping me with the technology, I, I have something now called let a podcast out, mm -hmm. which is, and I'm before that I was podcast advising. So I was essentially helping people do what I call DIY podcasting, which is, you know, kind of what you and I do, which yeah. is like we're not a gimlet we're not an npr yep. i'm not trying to storytell in that way i'm just trying to do something on the side of having a full-time job right that's a hobby and i want to be you know blogging became very accessible podcasting is a little bit less accessible because you need to do it at a level of a certain amount of quality it doesn't yeah. have to be perfect yeah you need to know a few technical things of like how to get it on itunes and spotify and like what kind of microphone to get and whatever whatever mm -hmm. and all of that stuff is googleable it's all figure outable yeah. but if you're someone like me and like your question i shut down when things get hard like if I can't find the remote, I don't even have a TV anymore, <laughs> but I'm using this example. If I can't find the remote, I just won't watch TV. Like yeah. I'll give up, you yeah. know? And if, when things get challenging, I like someone to spell it out for me. And if I didn't have those people holding my hands, I, at the beginning when it was hard, I probably wouldn't have done it. So mm -hmm. I want to give people, I started advising people on how to start a podcast and being what my boyfriend was and what that mentor was of like encouraging them and telling them to keep going. And so, you know, I would say, like it's not as hard as or it's not as hard as you think it is, but it kind of is at the same time. But nothing's as hard as you think it is. Right. You just have to do it. Yeah. And that's what that's what let a podcast out is. It's like me hand holding someone and doing all of the research and work for how to how to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, I it, it's eight modules of like me going through everything from like coming up with the name and getting it on iTunes and the technical stuff to like a huge module on interviewing because that's my favorite thing to talk yeah, about and yeah. do. And then also it, it goes into how to monetize it and how to cover your costs and how to get sponsors and how to market it and, yeah. and get eyes on it. But then I also interviewed over a dozen other podcasters and podcast producers on how they do it. And it's totally different than how I, how I do it. Mm. And so I think that's like just knowing that everybody has a different method. Every Some people edit themselves. Some people don't edit themselves. Some people use it. Like we were just talking about our setups and they're like super, super similar, but it's slightly different. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I think it's just like, and to know that the, the space is saturated and yeah. getting more saturated, but they're not you, right. you know, and nobody else will be. And I think it's just like, I want more people podcasting because I love the space and I think it gives me so much not as a creator only but as a consumer of podcasts yeah, yeah absolutely i agree and I, that's something that a lot of people say is just like well like what's gonna make people listen to my to my uh, show and i get it podcasts are different in the way that you find them you have to kind of go out of your way and it is niche and you know you have to learn how to like move in that space but 
once you find out what it is that you're talking about and what it is that you love, people can hear it. People can sense that you really care about that thing. And they'll always go to you just for the, like for the pure excitement. And then obviously for whatever it is that you're teaching them or whatever, if it's entertainment, whatever it is. But, um, you know, I think that that's really important that you point out that the saturation should not be a deterrent for people to try. Yeah. It's so intimate podcasting. You know, I think there are people I follow on Instagram who I, I really like them from what I can tell. They entertain or inspire me in some way, but I don't feel like I know them in the way that I feel like I know a podcast that I listen to and love. Yeah, yeah. And even a YouTuber, like I, there's something about podcasting for me as a consumer of podcasts because I know a lot of creators of podcasts who got into it because it's a good medium for them because it's a growing medium but aren't actually consumers where and I think we both are like we actually are people who listen to podcasts Mm -hmm. um which I've had to kind of evolve or I'm trying to I think I'm kind of having to evolve my listening to podcasts of wanting to listen to things that are really not similar to what I do because I don't want to be too influenced by that but that's a whole nother conversation (laughs) um but anyway, I think there's just this level of intimacy with podcasting that even with YouTube, which is seems like it would be more intimate because of the video aspect and the visual aspect, it's almost less intimate mm-hmm. to me because I don't know why. And I wonder if, if you feel the same. It's like there's more. I know that there's more editing to that. I know that there's more lighting and it, it's almost like more deceptive in it could a way. Be, yeah, it can where, be. It can be. Yeah. yeah, where this is like. I can do this and I recorded a podcast this morning in my pajamas like I hadn't showered (laughs) I was just you know and I always record the intros like kind of late at night and I'm really just being myself and by the outro I'm like if anyone's listening to this (laughs) who knows like I'm so myself yeah and, and I think my podcast is long so by you know 40 minutes in we forget we're recording and we're just people and I just I think there's you would really have to to get in that middle space of a podcast is like so intimate and it's not really like someone's gonna get there quickly like with it you can't fast forward really that Mm -hmm. easily you can't I don't know it brings you along it's like I mean we do interview style podcasts it's not like a story in the way that like a serial you know Mm -hmm. episode is or whatever but when you're listening to an interview and you're getting to know somebody, they're bringing you along on a journey for that moment, whatever it is, it's a flow, it's a conversation. And what I love about your show, what I try to do on mine is just like make people feel like they're a fly on the wall. And that is intimate. Like if you're eavesdropping on a conversation, you're eavesdropping on a, on an intimate moment that two Mm -hmm. people are having or a group of people are having. So it's like, we're essentially inviting people to do that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I was just thinking like, I'm having so much fun right now. Yeah, me too. Like, I'm really happy I'm here. It's so fun to talk to my friend. And when you recorded your episode on my podcast, I had a great time getting to know a new person. And I mean, of course, we were aware that we were recording it, but I don't think that changed the conversation in any way. I don't think we held back from saying anything Mm -hmm. in that conversation. Yeah, I agree. So it's, yeah, it's it's really special. And I think if, if there had been cameras, I think... I would have been more concerned. I mean, right now my pants are unbuttoned. Yeah, nobody's like, going <laughs> to see any of this. So yeah. it's kind of not, like there's a coziness that can happen right. with podcasting that I just, I, I don't think can happen in any other medium. And it's really special and it's a welcomed phenomenon, I think, in the world of like sound bites and people yes. moving quickly and social media. I think podcasting is, 
I say this in, in the course and I say this all the time, but it's, it's become my meditation or my mindfulness because it, it forces me to be present when yeah. I, especially when I'm hosting the podcast, because for that 90 minutes or two hours, my phone is off. I have to pay attention and I have to really listen to what the other person's saying because when I stop, you know, I sound silly. And yeah. So it's, it's really special. Yeah. I think that's important to know because, you know, obviously people listen and they don't really know like what it takes to actually facilitate one mm -hmm. or to get, to make people feel like it's worthwhile, you know, yeah. and you have a long form podcast, so it's a long time that you have to keep it flowing and stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about what you touched on earlier, which is, you know, having a podcast on the side of mm -hmm. your full-time gig, right? And on your show, we talked about the fact that you had just quit your full-time yeah. job and that you were about to like just do this full-time and, you know, that's a big jump. And I think obviously now people are starting to look at podcasts like, you know, it's super easy to monetize and there's money to be made and all of that. But it, you know, you have to kind of arrive there. And for you, it took years to get to that place. And I just want to know where your head is at right now because it's like maybe two months or how long has it been Not since even. You My last day was August 31st. I know it's so bad to say dates on a podcast because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when this will be out. But as of the day we're recording this, it's like September less than 20th. two weeks or something. Three no weeks. Yeah, however, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, so how are you feeling right now? It's still, everyone's asking me and it still really hasn't hit me yet mm -hmm. because I displaced so much work. I was so overly busy at the end there. Like there was so much overlap mm -hmm. that I just, you know, people were asking me to hang out or, you know, like I owe my accountant thing. Yeah. Like, just like email, like just like organizational doctors, like all of the stuff that I could put off, I put off mm -hmm. till September. Mm -hmm. And so... And I had some like really big travel and work things right after finishing that job that I went directly into. Mm -hmm. And so everything has still kind of just been catch up and like just doing things. So I haven't had that like, what is my new structure? What is my new before I was having to work in pockets? And I know we talked about this. I was just like when I, everything was really chaotic, I had no structure. I had no plan. I had no it was just when do when am I open to record a right. podcast and they're also open I'll record a podcast can yeah. I take can I sneak away for this meeting in the middle of the day can mm -hmm. I do this can I do that it was always just like kind of making things work and then quickly checking my email like did I miss anything from my boss like yes. how do I like you know I know I'm that like, feeling totally and it was just like every day that like you're, you're when you have a full-time job you're kind of always on call you know always. it doesn't that maybe is dramatic I mean we're not doctors and I would always say that about my work like we're not Karen Cantor here. Yeah, yeah. but you kind of feel like that like at all times and not as much on the weekend or in the evenings but from for you know the hours of my work of like nine to six like if my boss calls or emails me I'm re expected to respond in a timely manner yes or absolutely. have an excuse why I'm not that's work related yeah and so you know I and I was really respectful of that too it's like don't bite the hand that feeds you yep. like I really was respectful to that till the bitter end mm -hmm. of everything that that position gave me, mm -hmm. not exclusively financially, but definitely financially. Mm -hmm. So I was really careful about that. But at the same time, there is a level of comfort that comes from, you know, we both have the wonderful situation of our full-time jobs being work from home. Yeah. So that gave me a certain flexibility that I did feel comfortable. I didn't abuse, but I felt comfortable with, you know, doing certain things during the day, like an errand or whatever, that I knew that everybody did regardless of if they had a side project or not. Yeah. You know, taking, we have the flexibility to take a doctor's appointment or do whatever yeah. in the middle of the day. But 
at the same time, I always felt like I was, you know, trying to get things in in pockets. And I was trying to, like on the weekends, feeling this intense need of like, I got to be caught up because I don't know what's going to fly at me this week. And it's the same thing now with like, you know, things come up in their fire drills and and have it in my own work, but they're mine. And it's like, there's something about that, like, it doesn't feel like I'm I'm in working in a circle for someone else. That yeah. like when fire drills for this company that I worked for would come up, it was like okay, well, I finished that and I'm still behind in my work. Where it's like, it feels like forward movement when I'm doing things that are from my for myself, mm-hmm. and that feels that feels really exciting. And it's also like at the same time, I have so much more time and freedom now that I need to create that structure for myself, and I'm really excited to do that but I'm being gentle and slow with myself about how to do that like I I had a session with my therapist this morning and she was like you have a tendency to just fill space which is what I've done and she was like I think you need to not because I was like I want to sign up for this and I want to take this class and she's like you should not do any of that and just like follow your intuition and like catch up on what's in directly in front of you and that's hard for me because it forces me to you know maybe be bored and maybe yeah. force my feeling maybe force myself to feel my feelings and be present and that's exciting and scary at the same time mm-hmm. I feel that I feel that very intensely um you know with God is counsel that whole project and all of that has taken off in a way that I really didn't anticipate So it's like this podcast is already going and then I have my full-time job. And then now I think I have a startup on my hands and I, I, I don't even like, I'm, I feel so blessed and I'm grateful, but I'm like, oh my God, what the hell is going on? How am I going to find time to just take care of myself and like not get overwhelmed by this? I just want to hug you. (laughs) So many things. It's like a good problem to have, but it's also just like, how, how do we do that? Because it's, you know, I'm also in the same camp as you. It's like, if I have a pocket, it's like, well, I have a whole list of things that I need to do. Mm-hmm. I need to take one of those things and just fill it up because it's who's going to get it done if it's not yeah. us. So how do you suggest that? I mean, you're trying to figure it out too. But yeah. Like, what I, suggestions do you have? I just, dude, it's hard. I mean, it's <laughs> like, I, I, I want to be, this is what was really cool about you on my podcast is I feel like we really demystified you know, the entrepreneurial myth of like having a, having just the making money out of your creative pursuit. And we talked about like having a full-time job and also doing something on the side and that doesn't diminish either. And I think now that I'm kind of on the other side of now I am doing one thing, that's also scary too in different ways. And I haven't even really gotten to most of the ways it's scary. Like I'm not worried about money yet because like I got paid somewhat recently yeah. from like my job, yeah, you know, like yeah. I'm fine today. Like we'll see <laughs> like, you know, in the future. Yeah. But um, what's interesting is like that's a whole nother conversation. But I want to go back to like where I was a month ago yeah. and where, where you are now of like this is still really new to me. So I feel like I can't even speak on being an entrepreneur fully and there are so many people who speak on that beautifully Mm -hmm. but what i can speak on is the last six years of being where you are yeah of building something having an ultimate goal to do it full time not knowing how i'm going to get there not rushing that and Mm. being okay with not rushing that Mm -hmm. but also at the same time knowing when to stop the one thing like that was really like i wanted to I honestly, I wanted to stop my full-time job the day I started. Like, it was always a means to an end for me. But it was a really, really good one. And it was a really easy one to 
do something else at the same time. But it at the end, it got really, really bad. Like that, not that job. And that's why it was so challenging to leave, actually, because the job was good. It would ebb and flow. I would have bad days. Mm. But for the most part, I would have really good days a lot where I'd be like, I could do both forever. Yeah. And so that, it was like if it had been really like a shitty cubicle job or like something I or there had been something terrible that had happened Mm. it would have been easier to make that choice to leave and it just that wasn't my I was fortunate that that wasn't my reality and so it made making that choice hard and it unfortunately for me it made like my it was really hard on my relationships like particularly like my not only my friendships but my relationship with my boyfriend my relationship with my family with my relationship with myself like it was really hard like I wasn't sleeping enough I wasn't able to take care of myself enough like you know it would ebb and flow but I was just so overscheduled I was so starved for white space in my calendar like blank open space in my calendar that every moment was scheduled I always felt like I was on call I was just constantly anxious and and these leading up to the very end that's when I knew I needed to leave quicker than I wanted to I I thought I could stick it out till 2019 that was my plan and I just I experienced burnout for Mm -hmm. the first time um and burnout's weird because it's not like something happens where it's like, and you are, it's not like getting the chicken pox where you like see the signs yeah. on your body and you're yeah. like, oh, this is burnout. I see it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Get a, I get a Z-pack. You yeah. know, it's like, you don't, it, there's no sign that's like, and you're in burnout now. Yeah. Feel that you just have to be like, you have to admit to yourself like, oh, this is happening. Like I'm having panic attacks and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm have, making fights with some, I'm not like prioritizing my relationship. I'm not doing these things for myself. I'm, I'm just working all the time and and I was starting to resent the podcast. I was like, oh my God, I got to record another intro. Yeah. What do I have this week? And it was just like something that was so fun for me wasn't fun anymore. I was just trying to keep my head above water. I was like, well, I have to put something out because I have two sponsors this week. But I like, what am I doing? Like, it was just like all of the creative juice was sucked out of me. All of the, and I'm just like, I'm out of that a little bit because I have more time now, but I still need to like, I want to clear the drawing board and just completely figure out like what is let it what is the next iteration of let it out and yeah. what is the next thing that I want to start and create because I had so much like I, I look at you as someone who's like doing so much with doing it well and still has so much passion and creativity behind it and I think I'd been doing the same thing for six years and so it really I had kind of sucked a lot of the juice out of it and I need to add that back in now mm-hmm. And anyway, so I'm learning how to do that. But I think burnout is real. And I think taking care of yourself when you have that, that the full-time job and there, there is no balance. Yeah. There's not going to be any balance. There'll be times where like, you know, you're prioritizing your work and not your relationship and that's okay. But then be like, okay, but now I'm going to shut down for a while. And like, yeah. I'm going to do seasons of the podcast. And so it's like, I'm going to focus on goddess council for a while mm-hmm. and then stop it. And I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Yeah. It's like, you have to, I think, I think working in pockets on different projects would be better mm-hmm. than, you know, for me, I was trying to do like eight projects at once because that's just kind of like how my personality goes. Mm-hmm. And did you ever feel like, well, I mean, you didn't do this, but I feel like if I was to, you know, work in pockets, I would feel like I'm letting somebody down somewhere. Yeah. And that's what tempts me to just be like, nope, just do it all. Yeah. Sacrifice those three hours of sleep and put the thing out so that those people who are committed to your content mm-hmm. or like to the, you know, event or whatever 
don't feel like you forgot about them because you know going back to the fact that this is an intimate um experience you know the podcasting and even with goddess council it's like we're actually impacting people's lives and i'm sure you know that more than i do you've had your podcast out for so long that it's like oh you don't put out the podcast and guess what people are gonna hit you up and be like um excuse me where's the podcast yeah which is so funny because it's like well free podcast people i know know. it's it's so flattering and wonderful Mm -hmm. when that happens it's so wonderful yeah but i think the interesting thing is like you know you have to take care of yourself or you're not going to create any anything worth listening to or consuming yeah and that's really hard but i think at the end of the day when you have the intention that's really clear you have to just focus on one thing at a time which is so challenging for me and and for you i think our personality type that's that's challenging for but the interesting thing i heard this on another podcast (laughs) i'm always saying that but it takes a really different brain to do different things right like it takes a different part of your brain to do marketing than it does to do creativity to do writing to do podcasting and so jumping around from that to that to that is challenging in itself not to mention for me like the things i had to do in my job or like was a lot of excel and yeah. emails and calls and so i would be like on a call about this very specific thing i wasn't that interested in and then i have to jump to like a podcast in five minutes yeah you know and then i have to like turn on my creative brain and like that transition time is hard so i think if like maybe batching things with like okay today's a marketing day mm. tomorrow or like this is a month where i'm focused on marketing or i'm batching things like i can be kind of manic about things mm-hmm. like that's why i work really well in like pockets of like i will just i'm gonna go and i'm all in at this coffee shop for like three hours of yeah. like i'm just getting work done yeah. and then i'm really off when i'm off yeah and i don't know i haven't figured it all out but it does there is something about like the different parts of our brain yeah i really like that and that's something i'll keep in mind i guess it's just you know the whole factor of being on call it's like oh well somebody just canceled the day before or like okay well okay should i put somebody else in that pocket now it's just always something and i think that it's important to just try to remember that we're just doing the best that we can you know yeah yeah and for anybody listening who's in the similar boat or is like hesitant to start something because they're trying to avoid feeling like this. Just know that in whatever way it is that you do it, um, it's the best that you can, that you can do. And I think that there's nothing wrong with being open about it. Like, hey, there's sometimes where I don't put out an episode and I'll go on my Instagram story and say, guys, I'm tired. Yeah. Like, I'm really tired. So I can't, I can't so do great. it this week. Yeah. And, you know, what can people say? Mm-hmm. What, like, we're going to, no, don't sleep and, you know, just know. wake up with, with bags under your eyes and, like, don't, you know, don't take care of yourself. No, it's like, okay, yeah. we'll wait a week. It's fine. Exactly. Exactly. And it's funny that, like, we both talk about self-care and yeah. all these things because we need it. Like, yeah. my boyfriend always makes fun of me. He's like, for someone who's so into wellness and self-care and you like like the tinctures and the (laughs) the astrology and all the things but you don't sleep (laughs) that's like the most that's the one that's like proven to work it's like true i literally was like i don't don't know if sleep works for me but but i'll give me all the dust (laughs) like it's so ridiculous like it's so funny how like those things can be mirrors yeah the ridiculousness of like it's true it's like we talk about it because it's like actually we're trying to talk to ourselves totally imagine if we didn't talk about self-care and like like consciously like remind ourselves oh sleep 
Yeah. Oh, journaling. So oh, all these the things. The simple things are the most important. They really are. Yeah. Um. So I want to talk about your book. Cool. I want to talk about the fact that you managed to get a book deal like in your early 20s which is like almost impossible it's crazy um so your book is called let it out a journey through journaling and you gifted me a copy which i'm very (laughs) excited about and um i would i want to know what led you down this path of actually putting out an entire book and guys just for the record this book is 259 pages so it's not a short book okay (laughs) how did you come it's funny i feel i feel far from the book because it came out in 2016 Mm -hmm. so i that means i wrote it i had like a i had almost two years to write it because when i got the book deal i was 24 Mm -hmm. and i was working a full-time job and i didn't know how to write a book yeah (laughs) and and i was doing the podcast and um, luckily I didn't really have much of a life. It was when I was like, they had no friends and was living in that apartment. <laughs> so in that way it worked out well. It was not healthy, but mm-hmm. I was able to kind of put my head down and write it. But it's about journaling because I found journaling really cathartic and I didn't grow up as a writer. I didn't grow up keeping a diary. It wasn't something that I did. I didn't grow up feeling my feelings or being talking about what was going on with me no one I knew went to therapy there was Mm -hmm. no talk of mental health where Mm -hmm. I grew up it was just like you didn't feel your feelings you just you go to school like I always had perfect attendance because my mom just like needed child care you know (laughs) like like it was just like you just go you're 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 fine you're fine you know that was kind of the mantra of my childhood I'm an only child so I was in my head and I still consider myself someone who's very cerebral very in my head and not in my body Mm -hmm. and that's what I'm trying to do now is be more in my body than in my head but journaling scratched this itch of my cerebral nature of feeling feelings in my head and so when I was in college I was going through something really challenging and so what was great about it was that it got me into therapy and it got me into contemplating my existence and it got me into wellness journaling did no I well I was in eating disorder treatment Mm -hmm. and so that got me into therapy and that got me into like deciding that like oh I am someone who can think about how I'm feeling and Mm -hmm. I can express myself and I can create things and I it got me into you know seeing the world of personal growth and self-help as something that I related to a lot and I had a lot of people who expanded me to see what was possible in yeah. that world yeah and so that's kind of I think I if I didn't know you know some of these me- early on mentors of mine and personal growth and self-help I wouldn't have known that this career path even existed mm-hmm. back then and so that was really helpful and then you know I started journaling not because a therapist or a mentor or a coach told me to do it No one did, actually. I was just going through this time where I was surrounded by people, but I felt very much alone. And so I had a gift card, and I was in a Barnes & Noble, and I wandered out of the self-help section where I was trying to find the answers to how to be a person in the world as a... You know, at the time, as a 22-year-old graduating from college, which is like a very scary time in general. Mm -hmm. And then I also didn't even know, like, how to feed myself or how to work or how to do anything And so I thought the answers were in all these other people, but I had read every book. I had done every cleanse. I had done all the things. And so I wandered out of the self-help section into the stationary section, and I bought this colorful journal, and I spent that summer writing in it. And Mm -hmm. I just genuinely 
answered how I was feeling. And I wrote down these really dark thoughts that yeah. I was afraid to tell anyone, even someone safe, like a therapist, because yeah. I wanted to be liked at yeah. a certain level or there's yeah. a level of judgment, you mm-hmm. know? And I wrote down my really light thoughts, like my lofty goals I was afraid to be judged for. Mm-hmm. And it felt so cathartic because for the first time maybe in my life, definitely probably ever I was being real and I was being vulnerable and I was being authentic it was only with myself Mm. but then I was able to practice that through my journaling and then bring that vulnerability to therapy to my relationships and I was able to learn to be myself in the world yeah and so the book came to be because I would kind of when when I kept doing it because I liked it and then when friends would come to me and listeners of the podcast with like a relationship thing or a body image thing or a work thing, yeah. I would be like, have you tried this thing journalism? It's kind of, <laughs> kind of weird, but I know it's like, it works for me. And I was like almost kind of embarrassed, but then I would give them these prompts. Like I would, they, they had so much resistance to it. Like it yeah. did not go well when I asked them. So they, that kind of became the impetus for the book of like, oh, like I'm also not a writer, but having a good question, you get a good response from your intuition. And so the book is essentially 55 good questions and personal essays from me. Yeah. Wow. I'm sure this has helped so many people. I hope so. Of course. Because I I think oftentimes the hardest part is just like, what's the question? Like, what what should I ask myself? Like you look at that blank page and you're just like, I have a lot to say, but I don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. So giving people prompts just allows them to have a, like a pathway to getting to the place that they need to get yeah. to deep down inside, you know? Totally. I see it's like a scavenger hunt for your mind. Yeah. And, and so someone who's like a really great journaler or does morning pages or whatever mm-hmm. can benefit from it because it gets you into these pockets of your mind that yeah. are really guided for relationships or for being organized or for feeling your feelings or whatever it is and takes you to these like dusty pockets of your mind that you don't really want to go and you know journaling can be very uncomfortable because it puts the mirror up in your face like a relationship does to really look at your shit sometimes yeah it does and it and it's something that you know i think that's why that's why i avoid it sometimes but eventually sometimes you want to cope with your feelings and watch netflix or turn to food or turn to controlling your food or turn to drinking or overworking or your phone But eventually you have to feel your feelings and solve instead of cope. And Mm -hmm. journaling is a solving mechanism like Mm -hmm. therapy or like, you know, other modalities. Mm -hmm. And have like some of the people that you grew up with who didn't talk about emotions, uh, did they start to journal in any way? Like, did they see how it impacted your life? And then did they think, oh, that's such a good question. Do it too? I don't think so. No? It's so funny. It's like you can't, there's that quote, you can't be a prophet in your hometown. Yes. It's, true. <laughs> it's really funny because when my book came out, I wasn't really nervous about, I've been, I'm not nervous to be vulnerable and be an open book on my podcast or with strangers or, you know, on the internet, but with my family and with people I grew up with and went to high school with, like that's where I feel the, the uncomfortable part. Yeah. And so when my book came out, there's like a little, there's a couple parts in it that I was like a little bit nervous for my family to see. And I don't even know if they, they fully read it to see it or if they just didn't even think anything about it. Mm-hmm. But a few of them maybe told me that they tried an exercise, but mostly they, they were really, really proud of me. Like yeah. it was the first time my mom was able to see like what I was doing outside of my full-time job. She's like, what's that blog? Focus on your full-time job. At least yeah. she didn't understand. But when she walked into Barnes & Noble and was like, oh, my kid made that. Like, yeah. it legitimized what I was doing in a way that a different generation could understand. Yeah. So that was really lovely. But I don't think anyone from my family actually 
definitely doesn't actually mm-hmm. for sure i know doesn't mm-hmm. journal i mean who knows maybe but i doubt that they've they've used it in the in the way that but you know i didn't write it for them i exactly. kind of wrote it for me of so. course always i was just curious no it's such a good it, question it's sometimes you just like lead by example and people are just like curious but i mean either way you've impacted like thousands of people and um that's really cool that you yeah and you never able know to do this you never know and you never know it's never too late <laughs> totally. maybe, maybe one day they'll just be like They'll maybe they'll just, you know, walk into that stationary section of Barnes yeah. and, and find a colorful book and be like, maybe For I need sure. to write in this. Yeah. Um, so you actually touched on, you know, your mom and like having something tangible that she was able to understand that you were working on. And I am at this place that we've talked about in, in your mm-hmm. podcast as well, where I think that my my dad or like my my dad in particular because he just comes from a complete generation and like was born in another country and just like thinks all of this is just like woo woo and like very cute but not realistic um I think he's starting to see something mm. but he still doesn't get it and I get very tired trying to use words like yeah. over explaining all of this because it like all of this everything that we're doing comes from like a deep desire and something we feel inside mm-hmm. that we just have to let out and um I, either people get it or they don't and sometimes I feel like older people require so much more effort to like you know prove or um to like explain that it's something that what you're doing is worth it and a lot of people that listen to the show feel like they like their families don't get them and that they maybe shouldn't do it because it's like how are they going to know it's worth it or how can they prove to the world that like all this work is going to be worth something someday and I don't know how to tell people that it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if they get it or not because this desire this passion this fire that you have inside you have to satiate it for yourself or else you're going to go crazy even if your parents don't get it like it's not going to go away you can't just work a full-time job and expect it to just fade it'll manifest itself in some way even if it's not like okay um for a few years it may not pop up for you but if you ignore it it's going to come out in some way and you don't want to resent yourself so that was all to say how how have you managed to navigate the space of trying to explain that what you're doing and the work that you're doing although they don't get it was worthwhile the whole time or did you even bother explaining it I've tried to explain it so many times and I think well okay I'll say this first I don't know where I got this this is not mine Mm -hmm. but I believe this strongly our parents want us to be safe before they want us to be happy Mm. and and that that's maybe that's not the case for everyone, mm-hmm. but that's definitely the case for me. And I think it's maybe the case for the majority and probably what I'm assuming from yeah, your dad. For like, sure. It's not that he doesn't like your podcast. It's that he doesn't understand how it can give you the security that maybe something else could. Yeah. And he does understand how like being a, you know, whatever full time yeah. job would give you security. So he's probably that's easier for him to that's where his, you know, what he knows right what's uncertain is scary to people and this is uncertain and he's right like this is less certain than having a full-time job so that makes sense like a big thing for me too was not just my entrepreneurial stuff but moving to New York was really really challenging I wanted to do it well before I did and the reason I didn't was like I couldn't figure out how to financially figure it out and I couldn't figure out how to explain it to my parents Mm -hmm. to my mom in particular and she you know told me like why it's not a good financial choice and she's right like it's not Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean I didn't want to do it and it's like what you were saying it's like same thing it's like 
when a job, a full-time job doesn't hit all of your notes creatively, you're going to have to get that out somehow, whether it's learning to knit or on the side or it's, you know, doing something else on the side that, you know, makes you happy. You're going to have to do that. And I think in our parents' generation, they... I I think what they they also had hobbies and also had things that they did, but I don't think it they were monetizing them yeah. or they weren't like they weren't as public for sure because there wasn't social media. There yeah. wasn't like you know. So so I don't know. I think I think what's unknown to people is scary, and I think you know if you show that you're what I when I left my job I talked about it for so much like moving to New York I I talked about it long before I ever did it mm-hmm. and for for years I've been talking about this and for years I had so much resistance from my from my mom in particular and then in the last 6 months when she saw truly how stretched so thin I was based on how many opportunities were coming in that I was stressed out about having to say no to the amount of time I was working and not having a life. She, she was like encouraging it in a way that I never, ever, ever thought I would see. Mm -hmm. And that was validation that I sort of needed. She never said like, I think you should go all in on your, on your side hustle. Mm -hmm. Like there was never, she wouldn't know what side hustle even means, but like, (laughs) I don't even like that term, but she, there was never like she was fully encouraging me. It was just that she was like, okay, I get it. Like, I get that you're, this is not healthy for you to do both. Like Mm -hmm. I can see maybe you're not going to stop doing this other thing. So, you know, she, she, she understood it. And I think what I made her understand it was like, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not going to move need to move home or like yeah. ask you for money or need you to bail me out like yeah. I'm gonna be okay as yeah. long as she could see that she was kind of like all right like and same mm-hmm. thing with moving to New York like she was scared because of her own experience you know she didn't move to New York she's never done that it wasn't something that she saw possible so yeah. she just thought like you know same thing but yeah. it's uncertain if I had a kid I would do the same thing mm-hmm. absolutely yeah they just want us to be okay yeah and also just don't want us to ask him for money after me. yeah like definitely know my mom was just like you know it's just like sometimes your dad doesn't really understand but then i remind him you haven't asked us for money so i guess you're okay and i'm like yeah that's actually true yeah so that should be enough of a reason to be like i guess whatever she's doing is working out you yeah. know yeah um i want to jump into some rapid fire questions with you great so what is your favorite time of the day morning noon or night oh man it depends on the day for sure but in general, I love the mornings. Like mm-hmm. I sometimes I just want to go to sleep so it can be morning because I enjoy the mornings. Is that when you're most productive? I n- yes, definitely. I I wrote my book from like five to nine a.m. every morning before work. Like I'm definitely my 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 productivity just like dwindles throughout the day. Hmm. I need to ask you about how you wake up at five. I'm trying. To I do don't it. anymore. Oh, and but I, like, how did yeah. you even? I need. Well, we'll talk about I that. I had after. to with an alarm, <laughs> like <laughs> several. <laughs> What is your favorite snack? Green apples with cut up with cinnamon and sea salt and a squeeze of lemon and some sort of nut butter, but pumpkin seed butter is my favorite. Ooh, I have never tried that. I need to try it. Yes, it's so good. Wow. So good. Lemon, wow. If you want a million dollars, what's the first thing you'd buy? I would, I don't know if this answer is allowed, but I would hire a bunch of people <laughs> and I would create a bunch of 
of things mm-hmm. that I want to create. And I like, I guess I would look at this as a investment, like capital. Yes. 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 Very <laughs> and smart then, answer. And then I would travel a ton. Yes. By the way, you studied abroad in Spain. Yes. Where? In partly in Barcelona and partly in Madrid. Ah, I studied in Salamanca. Oh, cool. Yeah, I studied there in college. Oh yeah. my gosh, how did we not? I, I know, I saw that on your website. I was like, ah, what? Yeah, um, very cool. We should talk about that yeah, later too. Yeah, it was the best thing. Yeah, seriously. Uh, what's your favorite podcast? Oh, Aside from your own. I love Chats with Cat. And mine. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. I listen to so many. I love Terry Gross. She's my hero. So I, I listen to Fresh Air religiously. Mm-hmm. Um... Ooh, I feel like I put on put on the spot with this. So okay, now you can I'm, choose several. You don't have to do one. Okay, I I well, I definitely want to say fresh air. Um, I love the nod. My friend, my good friend, works on the nod, mm-hmm. and so I love I love that show. Um, I what do I listen to weekly that I get really excited about? Um, uh, oh my gosh. The you have to Same edit this happened. out. I know it's Same so thing happened to me on yours, and then so as soon funny, as I left, I, I was like, ah! I, I keep wanting to look at my phone <laughs> and grab it. Yeah, did you think of them all yes, when you left? Yes, I listen to Call Your Girlfriend every yes, week. Very I good. listen to. I know I'm missing like a bunch that I get really excited about. Do you listen to like the daily? I listen to the daily. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that doesn't need another shout out. No, but I mean, yeah. Joe Rogan. Do you like Joe Rogan? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I, it's not a weekly thing yeah. for me. So yeah. Tim Ferriss, not weekly, but, you know. Sometimes. The, the whole gang. Mm-hmm. Um, what have I been listening to lately that's just been, like, really... One- well, Serial just came out with the new season. I I've never listened to Serial <laughs> ever. I no, know. I've, it's good. My friend Jessica Renan has a great podcast called One Part Podcast, mm. which is so, so good. She's so wonderful and casual and just great to listen to. Um, I love uh the almost 30 girls i think are doing like such wonderful podcasting and such a great duo and my friend Lacey phillips has a podcast called expanded which is really fun to listen to Mm. and um i'm gonna think of like 10 more when i leave yeah but those are those are solid yeah what is one thing it can be a product a gadget or whatever that you cannot live without Ooh. hmm another thing that i'm I really like making tea infusions. Mm. Is that an okay thing? Yes. It's not really a gadget. Well, I guess the gadget would be like, I have my kind of system of like, I have this big picture thing. And I, it's one of the highlights on my Instagram so people can see what I do. But there's a store in the East Village called Flower Power. Have you ever been? No. We'll have to go together. Yes. It's very witchy. And like, have you seen the movie Practical Magic? No. It's like an old movie from the 90s. We should watch it like around Halloween, preferably. Yes. Maybe it could be like a event yes yes okay done um and i'll make tea infusions for everyone but basically i've just been getting really into buying lots of different herbs that like herbs for like hair health and Mm -hmm. herbs for skin health and Mm -hmm. herbs to like help me have more energy and help my period yeah and and so you go there and like everyone sort of looks like stevie nicks and there's (laughs) like blonde haired stevie nicks and there's like black stevie nicks and they're like all just very beautiful witchy people yeah and i love asking them you know questions they're all everyone who works there is also an herbalist Mm. and someone who listens to my podcast actually works there and told me this and and so it's so fun to go in there and so I'll make these tea infusions and I'll drink them throughout the week and and I love that and then another product um is also a food thing but it's called sea clear Mm -hmm. and it's a probiotic superfood miso and it has 
Lurlina and chlorella and turmeric and black pepper and you just take a scoop of it with water and it makes like a little broth like a miso mm-hmm. um but it's so nourishing and i drink it i would say i drink it all through the winter but i also drink it all through the summer mm-hmm. and it's expensive but if you get it on thrive market it's cheaper and it's honestly like I love it so much. I have it at least twice a day. Wow. Yeah. I have never heard of it. Yeah. Do you know that I actually, I was walking in Manhattan the other day. I forget what she, it was on, but there was like a, like a, a broth, mm-hmm. a broth window. Springbone. Springbone, my friends who did my podcast have one and there's Brodo. That's probably the window that you walked by. It's so good with bone broths and there's a vegan one. It's so good. Like what is it? I've never even seen that. Bone broth is supposed to be like really good for your gut health and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they have bone broth, but they also have like a vegan one made from mushrooms and they put like, it's so good. We have to go together. Yes, it's especially expensive, in the winter. It's so good. Yes, yes. Let's Which go. is like, yeah, let's yes. go. I, I mean, it's just like, I would never see that in Miami because like yes. who the hell is going to be drinking hot broth? But I'm so excited to like actually take advantage yes. of that. Yes, we'll go and then we'll go to Flower Power and then we'll come back to my apartment. Yes, yes My yes. roommate is gone every Tuesday and Thursday. Yes, so we'll like have a day. Go. We can work from there. It'll be great. Yes, perfect. <laughs> um, and what is your favorite self-care routine? Mm. It can be more than one. So many. Actually. Um, oh, gosh. Well, you know, I want to say a couple. Like there are so many wellness things that cost so much money mm-hmm. and – there are also so many things that are free. And I mm-hmm. think the things that are free should be talked about more, like the things our grandmas did. Yeah. I think um, I think sleep is really underrated. It's not even underrated. People know I underrate it mm-hmm. personally, which is a bad habit. But, yeah. you know, I'll say journaling and I'll say sleep. And walking, like walking is my favorite part of living in New York. And it's where I, it's my favorite way to exercise. It's yeah. my favorite way to hang out with people. It's my favorite mode of transportation. Mm-hmm. I just, I love, I love walking the bridges. I love walking in general. And then, you know, I do, I do meditation. I do TM meditation. So 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the evening. And, and that really, really helps me. Mm-hmm. And I don't get the second one in all the time, but that just is, is my favorite thing to do. And, um, you know, and I love, I like a good face mask. Yeah. If I'm being indulgent, a facial is yeah. the most lovely thing. And, mm-hmm. and so those are, that's a bunch, but mm-hmm. those are all my favorites. Sleep, journaling, meditation, yeah. and walking. Yeah. And water. Yeah. And honestly, <laughs> and hanging out with friends. Like, yeah. I think I am someone who has a tendency towards melancholy. I'm very anxious. Mm-hmm. I have depression. And I had the, I have a lot of therapists on my podcast because mm-hmm. I, I think I love talking about feelings. Mm-hmm. And one therapist that I had on, her name's Dr. Samantha Boardman, and I had her on about two years ago now. And she said this thing that really stuck with me, which was that when we need to do something, we often don't want to. Like the, our medicine, we're often not wanting to do it. So like... I have a tendency to, when I need to be around people, when it would be nourishing for me, I want to be alone and stay yeah. in my room and not talk about what's going on mm. or just retreat. Yeah. But it's actually healthy for me to be around my girlfriends or yeah. call a friend or, you know, reach, be with someone in person yeah. instead of canceling my plans. Mm-hmm. And so I try to remember that as much as possible. Mm. And, you know, I had a situation last last week where I was – I was really sad about something and I went and I was going to cancel this dinner I had with three of my friends and I went anyway 
and I left feeling so much better and I and it just was a good example of remember and I was really vulnerable I told them what was happening with me yeah and I felt so much better after and Mm -hmm. I didn't expect to and that was a good reminder that's awesome that's awesome to remember I've never put two and two together in that way like so consciously but yeah it absolutely is yeah true yeah thank you thank you so much for sharing all of this thank you for being a guest on the show thank you i don't want this to be over can we talk more this is so much fun (laughs) thank you katie i loved it thank you for having me i think you're so wonderful and i love this podcast and i hope that we can be friends forever yes thank you (laughs) wasn't she great seriously wasn't that conversation amazing I love talking to her and honestly could have kept going about everything that we discussed for hours. But, you know, I guess I'll have to save that for off the air. Uh, If you want to learn more about Katie, subscribe to her podcast, let it out and follow her on Instagram at Katie Dalebout. Thank you all for listening. I'm sending you all lots of love, lots of good vibes. I really, truly appreciate you. Thank you for listening. And uh, we will chat next week.